0: President Trump has long called out China and its trade practices with the United States. And now his trade war with the country has entered a crucial ceasefire period. But it's off to a rough start with the president claiming a vital deal has been made that no one else seems to know about. Is it a sign of things to come? This is TikTok. I'm Dave Myers. Joining me today is Bloomberg's Sarah McGregor, who oversees the U.S. economic policy team in Washington. Thanks for joining us, Sarah.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So as the G20 wrapped up in Argentina, Presidents Trump and Xi met for dinner to work things out with this trade war. How did that go?
1: Extraordinarily, according to Trump. He told us that right away as he, left, as he left the dinner. He said he made an incredible deal with Xi. Um, his administration said, you know, these talks were going to lead to immediate benefits. China was a bit more understated, but it did, you know, it also sort of touted the positive outcomes that they made. And I think we saw, you know, the markets jumped and there was some optimism in sort of the hours that followed that meeting, that at least the presidents had agreed to the base case scenario, which was for the Trump administration to um, agree on a tariff reprieve so they agreed to not escalate tariffs on China. And no one stormed out of the meeting. No one was um, calling each other names, and everything looked to be fine. Uh,
0: The relationship is very special, the relationship that I have with President Xi. And uh, I think that is going to be a very primary reason why we'll probably end up up getting something
1: that will be good for China and good for the United States. But I think what's sort of uh, shaken out in the wash now is that, you know, they both released two different statements that said different things. And the details of what commitments China has made or this deal that they've reached are pretty hazy right now. And the U.S. has set a pretty high bar for talks over the next 90 days to find a permanent solution.
0: So we're in this ceasefire period, you could call it. And then when the president got back to Washington on Sunday, he sent out a tweet that just caught everyone off guard. Uh, What did that tweet say that was such a surprise?
1: So the tweet was a surprise because it wasn't part of his statement, and it said that China had agreed to lower tariffs on U.S. car imports. Right now, China um, charges 15 percent for foreign-made cars as a, as a tariff, and actually it charges the U.S. a bit more, 40 percent. That was retaliation for the U.S. tariffs. China hasn't commented at all on this detail that Trump told us in a tweet. It wasn't in the official White House statement after the talks. And actually, we had the White House economic advisor Larry Kudlow, today walking back on that comment saying well it hasn't been signed sealed and delivered yet you know we don't we don't have that commitment from china yet so he's backtracked on trump and i think what this really shows is that you know it casts some doubt on how firm of a hand the U.S. has in these negotiations. Did they really agree to what they think they did with the Chinese? Are they sort of being strung along in the hopes that these tariffs will will never come to fruition for their tariffs and all the work that they have to do to reach an agreement in the next 90 days, which is this reprieve period that the U.S. has given China?
0: How does the president's team of negotiators match up compared to Xi's team of negotiators?
1: Trump's team, I think, what's always been a point of confusion for the Chinese, let alone China watchers, um, watchers of these talks, um, like myself, is who's in charge of these talks. We have heard, um, and it seems to be that the firm line at this point that Robert Lighthizer, the U.S. Trade Representative, will lead the talks going forward over these 90 days with China. He's a bit more hawkish. He has, you know, he knows the issues that that um, the Trump administration is trying to address inside and out. Things like intellectual property theft, um, you know, American treatment of companies, of uh, the treatment in China of American companies. And so I think people uh, don't believe that he's going to be a pushover on these issues. Whereas in if um, someone like Stephen Mnuchin was in leading the talks, he's, he comes from Wall Street. The markets gyrate every single day as trade announcements come out. And clearly a breakdown of this at least uh, tentative truce that we have right now, any breakdown at the end of the 90 days would clearly be seen as a very negative thing for the markets, probably send stocks plunging. So I think who's in charge of the talks has been a point of confusion, and it also, depending on who we're hearing it is on any given day, sets the tone for where we think the talks are going.
0: Sarah, how are the markets reacting to all of this uncertainty?
1: So markets have been very uh, sensitive to any any news, any trade news that comes out, and I think just the fact that the the two presidents met and agreed to talk more, even if the details were were unclear at first, was seen as a good sign. But very quickly today, we've actually seen that the markets are down about two percent for all the major stocks in the U.S. and I think that that realization is setting in that you know these details aren't clear. The Trump administration seems to be telling us a few different stories. We actually haven't heard a lot from the Chinese. The the President Xi Jinping is actually um, touring right now, and he won't be back in in country for a couple more days. The Chinese com- Commerce Ministry normally gives a briefing on Thursdays, so I think later this week we might hear more from China's side. And I think the the thinking is is that you know, the U.S. might not have a, a very firm grip on China's level of commitment. And if we hear any wavering from China, that might be, um, you know, that might be a negative.
0: You know, Long before Donald Trump was President Trump, he has said the U.S. has been taken advantage of by China for, you know, for a long time. Is he right?
1: So I think Donald Trump's marker of that is often the trade deficit. The U.S. does have a trade deficit with China. Not everyone agrees that's a bad thing. Of course, the U.S. has a growing economy, and so you know it needs a lot of those goods it's getting from China. Um, it, it, it is hard for a lot of U.S. companies to operate in China. They're not given a total free hand. There's evidence of IP theft. You know, Previous administrations have acknowledged this and tried to deal with it, and other governments around the world are also complaining of these issues. I think the the tariffs approach, the heavy-handed approach is what a lot of companies in the U.S. and and other governments have taken, um, are a bit taken aback by. They might not agree that that's the best way to deal with it, Um, but they might agree that China needs to become a bit more of a responsible global partner at this point. China would argue that it's opening up its economy, it came from a developing state, and, and it needs to be given some time to do that. But, you know, I think right now the status quo is, the trade conflict and Trump seems to even today in a tweet hold out the, the threat of tariffs um, if China doesn't agree to it that includes the trade deficit and treating American companies more fairly
0: you know we've been having this trade war since the spring of 2018 but I don't know if people truly understand how it impacts them uh, in their day-to-day lives can you explain that part a little
1: Right now, we're, we're seeing more at a business level, tariffs being, um, you know, having an impact. Definitely, I'm sure everyone's heard about soybean farmers. These stockpiles are, are growing because China was such a big buyer of them and, of course, hit U.S. soybeans with retaliatory tariffs. Um, businesses are, you know, we see some weakness in business investment right now. Um, of course, if there's uncertainty about what the relationship is going to be between the U.S. and China, you're certainly not going to start um, – you know, opening your new plant until you know what the conditions are going to be for, for that environment. So right now, I think it's, it's more on a corporate level. Um, you know, I don't think that Christmas, you know, is going to be a big disappointment mm-hmm. when people go shopping this year, because there hasn't been a big impact on inflation yet, that, that being the cost being passed on to consumers. But Trump has said if things don't go well, he's willing to hit, put tariffs on everything that comes from China. And if that's the case, that would mean everything from your iPhone to your laptop, to your TV. And I think that's when consumers would really sort of perk up and notice what's happening and and feel um, part of this trade war.
0: And what political risks does the president have from an ongoing trade war just dragging out?
1: I I mean, in my mind, I, I do cover the U.S. economy, and I think the biggest risk right now is that the economy tanks, or at least um, loses some of this momentum that it's had. Already, you know, economists are expecting with um, the tax cut, that stimulus sort of petering out next year compared to this year, the economy is going to lose some of that steam. And tariffs um, are definitely a headwind that that everyone kind of recognizes going into um, 2019. And of course, 2020, I think in the congressional midterms, we didn't see the economy as a huge issue, um, or even the Republicans playing up, you know, how well it was going to to try and rally people around them. But you can bet in 2020, if the economy's turned in the other direction, it will become an election issue if people are starting to feel, um, you know, that there's a downturn coming or they see their jobs affected. And so I think the biggest sort of political risk for Trump could could also be that the the second – Item that I might highlight is that, you know, the the politics of it is that the Democrats support Trump going a bit tougher on China, and the Democrats could really try and poke holes um, in in China's, uh, sorry, in Trump's China strategy if he goes softer in some of the key swing states that, that really want to see China dealt with.
0: And is that maybe part of China's strategy, the longer that they can drag this out and the closer they can get it to 2020, that the first person to blink might be Trump?
1: I think so. We do know that they're thinking about politics because of the retaliatory tariffs they put in place. Things like soybeans, those are grown in, you know, states that are big Trump, Trump supporter states. Um, you know, and, and other items that they targeted were, were sort of these big, these big support bases for Trump. And so I think the longer, obviously, yes, they can drag it out. They are, you know, they themselves get time to sort of restock and reanalyze their, their economy, which is also showing some signs of, of weakness right now, and see how this politics is playing out. The Democrats take control of the House. Trump has done a lot of these trade actions with just his presidential powers, but China might want to see how the Democrats are going to play their hand on trade.
0: So if the president and his team of negotiators are confused on what deals are out there, have been agreed on if they're confused on whom is leading these negotiations when we get to this end of this 90-day ceasefire what happens if there's no agreement are we back to square one
1: Interestingly, Trump actually tweeted today and said, you know, unless it's extended, this 90-day period will lead to, you know, a great agreement for Americans. So he's already holding out the possibility that these talks could go beyond 90 days. The U.S. is asking for massive changes to China's economy. That's its sort of – that's been its base, top-line um ask right now, these are things like changes to their IP policy, treating um, American companies more fairly and and making them have um, equal footing in in China when they go to operate there. And there has to be a recognition, I would assume, in the Trump administration that it's going to be very difficult for China to agree to that at all, let alone in the next 90 days. This is its economic model. Um, And so I think You know, it will be very interesting at the end of the 90 days to see what the Trump administration is willing to settle on. And if if they're keeping that bar as high as they've said it's going to be, it's it will be, I I think, virtually impossible to reach that agreement with China. And so will they start their escalation of tariffs again?
0: Sarah, thank you so much. Thank you. Make sure to follow Sarah on Twitter. She's at Sarah in America. That's the TikTok for today. Thanks for listening. And please head on over to iTunes and let us know what you think. I'm Dave Myers. You can follow me on Twitter at David F. Myers, and you can get all your updates 24-7 at TikTok.